Ecofruit is the Canadian market leader in Fairtrade certified bananas. We have Jenny with us today, who's the owner and president at uh, Ecofruit. Thanks for joining in, Jenny. Thanks for having me, Navin. It's lovely to be here. So I'll probably start, you know, from the basics. So could you tell us what exactly is is Fairtrade? How did it start and what problem uh, is it solving? Sure. So uh, Fairtrade, you know, we, we, we think about Fairtrade in a couple of, of ways. If we think about Fairtrade in two words, we're thinking about the overall philosophy of justice in the global marketplace. Right. And so the fair trade movement began in Europe in the late 80s, early 90s, looking to a, essentially at coffee supply chains. Okay. There was a coffee pricing crisis. Honestly, I'm not a coffee expert, but I know that those are the, the roots of, of the initial fair trade relationships. Okay. And um, the bananas became a fair trade product towards the end of the 1990s. I think that's when the first fair trade bananas came into Europe. And why, why bananas? Uh, bananas have really become a symbol of the fair trade movement. Right. Well, with bananas, the banana industry has, you know, a solid hundred year history of low prices based on essentially paying not much for land or nothing through political machinations in Central and South America mm -hmm. and not much for labor either. Right. And the, the, the legacy of the, that initial business model by the large banana companies is ongoing poverty by both banana plantation workers and small producers of bananas. Uh, you know, we, we're happy to pay a low price in a Canadian grocery store, but somebody else is making up the difference through these low wages, poor working conditions. And so for Equifruit, really our, our challenge is to provide an alternative uh, to this banana trade. It's not just Equifruit doing this, we are certified by Fairtrade International. And so earlier I talked about Fairtrade two words. Fairtrade, our certification is just one word, Fairtrade. Okay. And um, there is a standards setting team in Fairtrade International. Mm -hmm. They work with producers on the ground all over the world. Okay setting prices and standards that need to be respected in order for a buyer like Equifruit to be able to buy this fruit and, and say that it's fair trade in the Canadian marketplace here. Okay. Understood. Uh, so yeah, we have, we have great challenges in Canada to get people to think differently about banana purchasing and people meaning both the buyers at the large grocery store chains, but also people like you and me who have got so used to bananas being the cheapest fruit at the grocery store, uh, to thinking about spending a little bit more uh, in order for those bananas that you're buying to have been uh, 
produce sustainably, sustainably economically, socially, and environmentally. Got it, got it. So uh, your tagline is fair from, from the start. So yes. does that start means that um, Equifruit is directly buying it from uh, farmers in Central and South America and then distributing it to retailers? Uh, like if, if you talk from the supply chain's perspective, is that how you guys operate? Yeah. yeah. So we have, there are kind of two meanings to fair from the start. The first is that our company didn't start fair trade because we had a thousand other products and then we saw this market niche and we're like, okay, just to satisfy this little tiny niche, we're going to certify 1% of our production to meet that niche. No, from our first container of bananas, all that Equifruit has done has been to bring in fair trade produce. We've never brought in anything that hasn't been certified by fair trade, which hasn't been um, bought on sold on fair trade terms. Mm-hmm. So, Fair from the start, from our company start, yeah. but also you're 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 exactly right. Fair from the start of our supply chain, mm-hmm. and you know many Canadians um, make a link to local production, and they want to see who their local um, peat farmer is, or you know that these peaches came from. Uh, southern Ontario or the Okanagan or someplace and we want to know what family farm those came from mm-hmm. but on tropical fruit it's kind of out of sight out of mind it's it's um, not you know it just comes from yeah. away and we want to put a focus on the people mm-hmm. who are at the start of the supply chain and right. to talk to Canadians about how those people should be paid Fairly, even though we don't see them, and in many cases they don't, they don't look like us. So their culture is different from ours. We want to, they're they're people, no matter where they're they're from, and we want to think about that first link in the supply chain, which is so often forgotten. Right, right. Interesting, interesting. And so, do you guys focus on other tropical fruits as well, or is it just bananas for now? Or if it's just bananas, then is there a reason for you know, starting with that and continuing just with bananas. Sure. So uh, we've done almost entirely bananas. We've had um, uh, little tries with pineapples, avocados, grapefruit, some other products. But really, we are a banana company. Mm -hmm. Canadians consume... 15 kilos of bananas a year. And the next fruit down uh, is apples at 10 kilos a year. So that's a huge lead. There's nothing between that 15 and that 10. And then 10 and below, then it's like 10 for kilos and 9.5 for something else. And and it goes down to obviously just like 100 grams of something per year. So pretty much everybody is buying bananas every week. Mm -hmm. If you have a product um, that people are buying on a regular basis and at such volume, then you have an entry point for what is still really a niche product. There are enough people buying it that you can, you can get in there with your, Mm -hmm. your special, your fair trade banana. 
Um, you know, when you're doing fresh produce, you're not just importing um, a case or two, uh, and you know you can't store that fruit when when the you have to you have to go big or go home, right. and uh, so we are importing by the container full. A container is twenty tons of bananas, okay. but it would also be twenty tons of mangoes or twenty tons of any any other fruit, mm -hmm. and if everybody buys bananas each week, then you can you can make that fruit move. Right. But not everybody buys a mango each week. Mm -hmm. You know, not everybody buys a pineapple each week. Mm -hmm. And while we we want everything to be fair trade and we want to do every fruit, we also have to be mindful that um, fruit spoils and we can only bring in what the market will bear. Right. As our sales of bananas grow, as Equifruit grows, and we have then a larger base for our niche, yeah. then it becomes more conceivable for us to bring in other fruit because people have been sensitized to fair trade sure. um, through our bananas. And sure. so we've got a full-time member of our team who's our supply chain manager, and she's mm -hmm. working hard at building relations with other producers so we can mm -hmm. increase our product offering. Mm, okay yeah thanks thanks for clarifying that because that makes a lot of business sense and i didn't know that stat about banana consumption being at 15 kg per person per capita that's that's yeah so this was this was part of the strategy of the original banana companies that mm -hmm. they um made profits on enormous volume okay. so they had low inputs they their idea was to sell bananas at a price lower than apples, which at the time were the most consumed fruit in North America and produced locally. And they wanted bananas to, to get that market share, to be in higher demand than apples. And they succeeded, you know, but they succeeded on this, this kind of terrible mm -hmm. business model. It's volume at, at someone else's expense. And we really want to have fair trade Pricing, though it's higher than normal pricing, yeah. reflect the two, true cost of production, the cost of sustainable production. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. It's, it's good to know. I, I had no idea that, that this is how it all started. Like, as a consumer, I just, I think I just go to a retail store and pick up uh, a dozen of bananas and come back mm -hmm. home and probably not think about uh, where exactly they are coming from, how they are sourced. So this is like, as a consumer, it's like uh, enlightening for, for me, definitely. Yeah. And this is our, this is our, this is our big challenge. Our big challenge is getting our story out and that of our, that of our producers. Right. And okay. it's not a big difference <laughs> price wise, but it makes a big difference to, to people at the beginning of our, of our supply chain. Right, right. Okay. So, uh, switching gears a bit here, like you had joined uh, Equifruit a few years after it had been established, I think six to seven years after it had. Yes. Yeah. What, what motivated you to, you know, come on board and, and take charge of things here? Well, the, the company was founded by a mother daughter team. Right. Uh, and the, they did great work 
opening up this market, building that market so that that first container that they brought in was pre-sold and they knew that it wasn't just going to rot on a dock somewhere. So they did great job um, getting that first business going. The daughter went back to university in 2010. So the first container came in in 2007. Daughter went back to school in 2010. Mom took her retirement in 2013. And at the time, I had just had our third baby. <laughs> and while I'd had a corporate job before, I'd had a real itch for a long time to have my own business. Right. And I came upon the notice, the sale notice for Equifruit, and it just felt, um, felt right. And so I called the broker and we, we met and you know, at first they don't tell you very much in a sale process about what the target is. Right. And uh, I guess at the end of our discussion, he realized that I had the right profile to run this business and slid a, an <laughs> envelope across the table, <laughs> literally a manila folder. And I opened it up and there it was, it was Equifruit. And it just seemed, it seemed beautiful. It seemed um, like a real match to um, my business experience by then. And also my sort of social justice roots, because when I first left university, I worked on a volunteer program in Namibia in Southern Africa for two years, where I saw firsthand that trade has such an incredible impact on a community. If people are working and there's money coming in, people can make their own decisions about how their community is going to develop, what schools or health programs they invest in. Right. And that's that's what fair trade is all about. Fair trade is um, at its you know most fundamental. It's trade. It's business. We work with suppliers who have to send us quality products. Mm -hmm. But in this fair trade framework that we work within, there are also um, through the fair trade social premium money for producers to to take those decisions to invest in projects. And community development projects locally and so it's sort of a lovely marriage between my social justice ideals of a younger person and the pragmatism of business mm -hmm. okay okay that's that's interesting like we have uh, i think this is the first time we are speaking to someone who uh, who sort of took over a company uh, mm -hmm. in between and has taken it to to new heights so <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, it's interesting nonetheless yeah it's a it's a path to entrepreneurship that a lot of people don't really think about you think that you want to be an entrepreneur you've got to start with um your own great idea but it's um an interesting model to come into somebody else's idea but with fresh energy That's these two women who started the company they were great people but i think they found out that they weren't business people that they were interested in the social project, mm -hmm. but they had never really got much beyond one container per week. That's about the minimum that you need to be bringing in okay. in order for the product to remain fresh and viable. Okay. And um, we have a different view. We know that the more we sell in Canada, the more impact we have at origin. And we want to take over the world. We want every banana in Canada to be a fair trade. Awesome. banana and we're not going to sleep until we get there you know <laughs> <laughs> okay and uh, so as a, as a distributor uh, you are working with uh, 
retailers, I think, across two provinces now. In, That's in, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is certainly an angle of uh, increasing awareness amongst the, amongst the retailers to, to buy these products from you. But uh, what about the final customers? I know you touched upon it uh, slightly during our conversation, but... Uh, are you are you running like any active awareness drives or do you plan to run any awareness drives for the final consumers? Yeah, it's um, true that we have so many fronts to work on, so many different levels of people that we have to convince. So at first we have to convince a, a supermarket buyer mm-hmm. who has bought from the big companies probably their whole career and uh, that that they should take a a risk on this product which sells at a higher price because of sustainability um certification right so that's we we need to do a lot of education on that and first and then really our opportunity with the consumer is at point of sale that we um either through our packaging or through signage that we can put up in stores, we need to explain to a consumer why our banana is going to be more expensive and, and why that's worth it. What, is, what are the values behind fair right. trade? Yeah. Uh, this is something we could probably have done better on, but uh, we are making use of this sort of quieter COVID time where mm. we can't be out at trade shows or consumer shows or, um, uh, you know, talking to, to buyers to work on a, a rebrand of Equifruit. So we're, this will come out just in a few weeks this autumn. Um, and we're looking at new point of sale material, new packaging, mm-hmm. a new way of communicating, new social media strategy, new website. So uh, we'll be doing a series of videos, which we're just sort of sketching out our story on those right now. Right. And we hope to be able to reach more people and make more people aware of of our story. Right. right. It's, it's interesting that you mentioned that, like in my experience uh, and to the founders that I've spoken to in the past few months, it has come up that convenience for the final customers and sustainability, they go hand in hand. You can't just tell that you are you know sustainable or fair trade and expect people to to buy mm-hmm. from you you have to like really put out that message or make it more convenient convenient for them to you know buy buy your, absolutely so so that's that's an interesting point and um, uh, lastly so i just wanted to know where do you see ecofruit in the next you know say one one and a half years time frame what what are the plans for that uh, do you know one and one and a half time frame year time frame in our industry is is nothing because um, these sale processes are very very okay. long and involved. Uh, even if we, um, you know, it's doubled our Facebook likes or so- something like that, unless we manage to convince a buyer at a major grocery store chain to adopt a fair trade banana strategy, we're really blocked from getting access to, to consumers. Mm-hmm. You know, if you develop a new jam or a new cereal or something, 
you can essentially buy shelf space at the grocery store and, and consumers are going to be given a choice of, of 20 different jams or 30 or 50. I don't know, you know, but in, in grocery stores, um, banana contracts are really binary. Either you've got it or you don't. Um, there aren't, you know, when you, you go, there's going to be um, one brand of broccoli. It's not like you're going to say, oh, I really like this local Quebec brand and, and I'm going to choose that over the American supplier. Generally, there's just one brand of the fruit or vegetable that you're going to buy at the grocery store. Right. And um, so our challenge is really getting a breakthrough in a major contract with, with a large supermarket chain. If we succeed, then this time next year, Equifruit will be a vastly different company. Okay. If we don't, well, we're patient and we tell ourselves we just have to do more education and more market research and refine our pitch and build, build support for, for this product, for this fair trade product. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, well, thanks a lot, Jenny. Like these were like, I think the next time I would go and pick up a bunch of bananas, I would uh, obviously <laughs> think about uh, this. I had never thought about it in the past, but now I would. And uh, yeah, that this 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 new angle of entrepreneurship that that you mentioned and that you have done that's that's really like fascinating to know, and I think that that would be a great learning experience for a lot of young entrepreneurs out there. And uh, yeah, thanks thanks for sharing all the other insights about about fair trade and the stats about bananas. It was great having you here today. It's my pleasure. And if anybody watching this wants to learn more about fair trade, you can go to fairtrade.ca or more specifically our website at equifruit.com or else um, connect with me through LinkedIn. Just tell them how you've become aware of Equifruit. Sure. We really want to get people thinking about fair trade as a strategy to have transparent and traceable supply chains in your business.